Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and welcome back, former NHL player, who's the number one pick in the 1983 NHL draft, general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, started Octagon's player agency, did work for a number of years at the NHL Network. Uh, he's now a consultant that is involved in, uh, at times, uh, ownership deals around the league. For Wow Factor Desserts, craving something sweet other than the action on the ice, Wow Factor Desserts has the assist you need. Get that started today at wowfasterdesserts.com. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Well, the Oilers have won 16 straight as we head into the All-Star break, so I'm doing pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Uh... We talked about it all year. They're a top five team. They're not there yet. They're trending that way. Good for them. Great to see uh, Chris Knobloch. He's been amazing. Let's just let's just call it what it is. He has completely led the turnaround for this team, along with some other players getting healthy. Yep, guys on the ice. Actually, it's it's been an incredible combination. Um, I mean, it's everything in this business, Bob. You know that. Yeah. When's the first time uh, you heard the name Chris Knobloch? Well, now you're just being rude because you know that was from you. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've been pumping Chris Knobloch to me for quite a while. Not not to potentially work for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Just, you and I talk hockey a lot just as somebody that's going to get a chance at some point. And lo and behold, it's with Edmonton. And uh, just somebody that has a really good pulse on the players. Um, You know, you hear all kinds of things about Chris. There's just no denying he's done an amazing job. When I see you hear all kinds of things, it's just just very calm, cool, and collected. And I think that that, in a lot of ways, has been something the players have grabbed onto. And it's become their identity. They, They look like a much calmer, cooler, and collected group. And, you know, we've seen that in some of the games they've been down and had to come back. It's uh, To me, I take it as a quiet confidence. It's been impressive to watch. Um, but nobody has brought his name up to me more than you in the last five years. I'll just be honest about that. Yeah, I, I recall we were flying back. It was the day after the draft. I think it was in Buffalo, and we had a – Buffalo to mini flight. It was a tough flight. And um, for some reason, I think Jim Johnson was on the same flight. Because uh, you're, buddy, you're still buddies with Jimmy Johnson, right? I am, 100%. Working for Anaheim, doing a very nice job reorganizing their player development, which is so crucial in the game today. Yeah, and he was on Todd's staff at that time. And I think I'd said to you, you know, I know everybody's focused on the fact that he won 50 games again in Erie this year, his third straight year. This was in the 15-16 year. It was the Buffalo draft year, the year Edmonton got Pugliarvi fourth. And I said, but I just, I keep circling back to what happened in 2011 when he knocked off Saskatoon and he knocked off Portland because Kootenai did not have the skill advantage in either of those two series. And he shut those teams down. And that's, you know, and a lot of people made a big deal about the fact that he didn't win the Memorial Cup in uh, in Erie in those four years. 
in 2014, his first full season coaching, they lost to Guelph. Guelph was upset by the Edmonton Oil Kings in the Memorial Cup final. In 2015, Brian, he lost to Oshawa in the OHL final. Oshawa won the Memorial Cup. They beat Leon Dreisettle and Josh Morrissey and Klona in the uh, Memorial Cup final. In 2016, he lost to London. Guess who won the Memorial Cup in Red Deer that year? London. And in 2017, he won the OHL championship and lost to Windsor and Rocky Thompson, who were at home, who were home and cooled and, you know, had three weeks of practicing and prep, and everybody thought that was such a big deal, you know, and, you know, how would, uh, you know, Erie's been playing, but Erie had to play through some injuries. So he basically lost, you know, the four years in the OHL, three teams that won the Memorial Cup, and the team that won the, and, and by the way, when he was in Cootie, the team that eliminated him in the Memorial Cup, uh, was the team that won the Memorial Cup that year too? So it's kind of it's kind of funny. I mean, it's just, you, and it's, I guess is is one of the biggest surprises the defense. They are second in the league, Brian, since he's taken over defensively. First in the league in the PK, second in the league in team defense. I mean, the Oilers have had some good coaches here. Your buddy Dave Tippett, really good. You were the guy that told us Dave Tippett was going to be Ken Holland's head coach. Dave's a good defensive coach. He couldn't get Edmonton to play like that. No, the Oilers have got a better team now. But, you know, it was that's Chad- right. That's right. and a more mature team. So maybe that's the yeah. biggest surprise. You know what I'm saying? Just the ability to defend. It's been by far the biggest surprise. But when you look at Chris's history... There's a lot of winning in there. And, you know, he, he was fortunate to have some good players, but I think he got discounted for that, and people overlooked his coaching because at 45 years old, I feel like he could have been here sooner for the work he's done, but he's not really a self-promoter. You can see that in his personality. Um, it doesn't really matter when you get there, but probably should have happened earlier if you really dive into his past history. That's just the way it goes sometimes. I think there's other people like that out there, but there's a lot that goes into be becoming that next guy. And uh, thankfully, Chris, for Chris, he's made it, and now he's running with it, and we'll see how far he could take it. But I don't see any reason why with the way he handles his club, with how he teaches defense as you're – Saying the early word is, you know, the combination of what you're seeing in the games is really things that are being borne out in practice. Yes. It makes sense for the players when you talk to players. And it has to make sense for the players. They have to believe that what you're teaching is going to make them a better player. It's going to enhance and enrich their careers. And I think he's been able to do things that, you know, other good coaches there haven't been able to do get Connor and Leon's minutes down a little bit, um, use more of the lineup than we've seen in the past, and maybe just take away a little bit of that shining star that is, you know, the Connor and Leon show and turn this group into more of a team that's more focused on winning. When I think about it, that's what I think a lot of the brilliance has been. It is not easy to do. Connor and Leon love to play, but what not everybody realizes is that they love to win more. And that means less points, less ice time, more championships. The Edmonton Oilers organization is very fortunate to have those two guys as guys that revel in 
finding success as a group and sharing it with everyone else. That is really the specialness of the group. I've thought this for a number of years. That's why I've been so bullish right. and wrong right. so far, but uh, I still believe it's going to happen for them. Uh, Ken Holland made a deal the day before the deadline last year to acquire Matias Ekholm. He's played 65 games for the Oilers. The Oilers are 47-16-2 in those games. He's got 33 points and is plus 45. Plus 45 in 65 games. Is there a forward out there, theoretically, that could become available that could be as impactful as Ekholm has been to the Oilers' defense? Um, I feel like right now that decision... There's forwards out there. If Edmonton can do as good a job as they did in identifying Ekholm, because there was a number of guys available that year, in identifying a forward, then there's no reason that they can't find somebody. You know, they've got to have this unique ability to play with high-end players. Everybody wants that opportunity. Not everybody can do it. Um, Jake Gensel's name has been out there. I don't know if I see that happening. But there's a lot of really good players out there that are just in situations with their clubs that it may not be possible for them to continue on with their club. And the clubs are recognizing that and considering options before they let good players walk away. Letting good players walk away was in vogue for a while there. Now you have a lot of people talking about Columbus who did it at the highest of highs with Panair and Bobrovsky, guys like that. Um, and it hasn't paid off for them, quite frankly. So I think managers are rethinking that, and I think Edmonton is going to get a really good look at a number of different choices depending on whatever direction they plan to go. What are your thoughts on Elias Lindholm? What would you be prepared to give up to get him? It's always going to come down to there's two values for players. Edmonton is in a somewhat difficult position because if they get a player that has a pedigree that I think they could get, I think the salary that they'll require will push them out of bringing him back. So now that goes into a separate bucket from, you know, who's the best player we can get into, do we want to pay a premium, get this player and then have them be gone next year. Managers have changed their thinking on this. They're dying to get players that they can keep for a couple of years. This is not a player they're going to get, but, you know, Rasmus Anderson is a guy that a lot of teams are salivating about because he makes a reasonable salary in the fours, and he's good. Elias Lindholm is unrestricted. He's going to want to really cash in after this. Um a lot of the top teams that have good players already are very interested in a guy like him, but they're struggling with what the final price will be. It's hard to step up and pay the price for that guy right now because you're hoping that people will fill their slots with other players and a player like him keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. It's just a matter if you're willing to play that game, play cat and mouse and risk that player maybe not being there at the end of the day. Would Edmonton be better off, Brian Lawton joining us for a while, Factor Desserts, would Edmonton be better off going with a less sexy name? So I'll throw out Colton Sissons. $2.8 million cap hit, club controlled for two more seasons past this year, 
right shot like Lindholm, obviously doesn't have nearly offensive pedigree, though this year he's out goal scoring uh, Lindholm. But, you know, he's got term left. In theory, would you be more yeah, prepared to give up more to get him than to get Elias Lindholm? Yeah, he's just an example. I saw Nashville play the other night. Nashville's a heavy team, and they're playing well, and they're going to be in it till the end. And I don't know if Barry's his teller at the end. There's a lot of people that have interest in his D because he's got a number of veteran D still. Uh, but Sissons has played well. Lindholm, on the other hand, is having a down year by his standards. No Kachuk, no Goodrow. It's easy to kind of spell out what the changes have been there for him, even though everything was kind of blamed on Daryl as far as why things didn't work out. A guy like Lindholm clearly was hitting higher levels. That's a tough decision. I would I would be looking for somebody in between a Colton Sissons and maybe a Lindholm at his peak, hmm. or at least when he was having a full throttle year. And those players aren't easy to find, but uh, this is where you really got to pound the pavement and be prepared. This is where an analytics department can really come into play as we try to do more work managers are trying to do more work in terms of trying to plug players into their lineup and estimate will they play better, the same, or worse. Uh, the game's changing right in front of our eyes. It's important that you know staffs are deep, that they're analytical, and they turn over every stone. Do the Edmonton Oilers need another goaltender other than Calvin Picker to support Stuart Skinner? Right now, the answer would be no, because Skinner's playing so well and everything's working. Ideally, if it's out there, I have no doubt the Edmonton Oilers would love to get a goaltender to support him. It's just a matter of making the right decisions down the stretch here. They can't afford all the players they'd like to get. They're going to have to make hard choices. Are they going to look for that top six winger? Are they going to try to add more size? Does Corey Perry help fill that? Um, are they going to look for one more top four D? Are they going to look for somebody to back up Skinner? All of those options are not possible with their salary cap position. So that's completely up to management which direction they go. I would be nervous not having another goaltender personally, even if it was only another goaltender that was comparable but gave them a little bit more depth, which is a nice way of saying just a little more insurance that won't cost them a ton of money at the deadline. We're joined right now by Brian Lawton again for Wow Factor Desserts. Brian, uh, we're getting a couple guys are asking questions about the games played bonuses for uh, Connor Brown and for Corey Perry uh, instead of uh, based on things like uh, offensive productivity. Can you explain to listeners why that comes to fruition in terms of the games played bonus? Um, It's always a little bit of bluffing, and then you do your due diligence to find out what's real, but it's not uncommon for the agents to, you know, they're going around, and they understand how the cap works, and agents do a good job, and they're coming at teams and just saying, look, it's the base salary is really low. We'll help you fit them into the cap, but you got to pay them in the end. And the most guaranteed way to make sure your player is paid is through games played bonuses, ridiculous games played bonuses, stupid games played bonuses. I used to be one of these crazy agents, but that's all driven by supply and demand. That's not driven because the Edmonton Oilers 
are out to lunch. There's other teams that have been stuffed with the same type of priorities, and now you get forced as a manager, as a management team, to have to make a tough decision. Do we really want this player? And Connor Brown's circumstances, I understand why that looks troubling to fans right now, quite frankly, because he hasn't played where he left off before he was injured. But in my mind, and in talking to a number of the Oilers staff, they were not expecting that much in the first 40 games. Everything to do with that signing is for the back end and the playoffs. Can Connor Brown help us at that time in a significant way for that salary? And if he does, we'll worry about the repercussions down the road. There's more money coming into the cap next year. Uh, you, you can see how teams make these decisions. Connor hasn't gotten back to the level that the management believes he can. There's still a lot of runway left. You're going to need guys like him in the playoffs. We'll see how it plays out. But I, I understand why that could look ridiculous to people. And you even hear it from other teams sometimes. Why would you do that? Well, you do that because you believe you have a championship team. You want to show your team you're all in. You want to go out and get real players. Edmonton is still young in terms of guys that have gotten over the hump, guys that are veteran players. So adding a guy like him made sense at the time. The numbers haven't been there, so it gets called into question. That's the business. Ken Holland could care less about any of that. I guarantee you he went through the process I described he pushed the chips in, and he made that bet. You are not always right as a GM, and I can say that with confidence. Um, but that's not what the game is. The game is calling more right than wrong and being an eighth of an inch better than the competition. That's it. But making mistakes, calling them wrong, that happens. It's going to happen. It's happened to Ken Holland many times throughout his career. He has found a way to win more than lose, though, and that's why he – he is a Hall of Fame general manager, in my opinion. What are the St. Louis Blues going to do, Brian? That's my final question for you. Interesting team. I've watched a lot of them lately. I've watched a lot of a lot of teams lately, to be honest with you, because this is always the most exciting time of the year. And the Blues are a team that is playing really well right now. Not always there on a nightly basis, but capable of beating anybody. They are one of four teams they are two of four teams, in my opinion, that for sure will get into the playoffs, two of those four. Could be them, could be Nashville, could be L.A., could be Seattle. No disrespect to Arizona. You got Arizona out, eh? I got Arizona out. I just don't see them having it. I've got Calgary out. I don't see them having it. These are just my opinions. Don't write me, Cal- Calgary fans. Um, I thought the Minnesota Wild might be able to jump up in that pack. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think it's down to those four. And St. Louis, to me, is one team in that group that I actually think will get in. Hmm. That leaves one other spot. All right. Well, I know that Tory Krug's got to get the plus-minus turnaround. I think he's minus 20-something over the last 30 games or so. Uh, Colton Preco, by the way, plus seven during the same stretch. Brian, great stuff. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now, and I'll slip you that 20 for pumping my tires on the air about Chris Knobloch. I don't know. There's no 20. I call it the way I see it. That's the honest-to-goodness truth. Uh, you've been you, you've been a very big supporter of Chris Knobloch for a very long time. I find it very ironic 
we're not sure if it's just irony, but it's very ironic, in my opinion, that he ended up with the Edmonton Oilers, and I'm not surprised he's done a great job from everything you had said about him going back quite a ways. Thanks for your time, Brian. Appreciate it, Bob. That's uh, former NHL player, GM, and agent Brian Lawton brought to you by Wow Factor Desserts. Craving something sweet other than the action on the ice, Wow Factor Desserts has the assist. Get started today at wowfactordesserts.com. Uh, you can also join New West Travel. We've got an exclusive road trip to Dallas this April to watch the Oilers play the Stars. This New West Travel package includes airfare, four nights, deluxe hotel, great game ticket, and a welcome reception with yours truly. Complete your trip with an optional AT&T Stadium Tour and a National League Baseball game. Everything is bigger in Texas, including this road trip. Reach out to newwesttravel.com or visit them at newwesttravel.com. We have... A tough trivia question. One that if you're in the hockey community locally, you might be able to pull off. We'll see what kind of juice you got because guys are texting me on one player. We're going to talk about a different player from the same program and see if you can get it. 554 at Edmonton. Oilers now. Trivia coming up for Pro-Am Sports when we return. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Kellen Kennedy with you. The Orders Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. 250-plus years of experience. It's just simple. They get you the biggest and the best results. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the University of Alberta Golden Bears. So we got a, you know, the Oilers are in their bye week. Brendan, earlier at uh, 5.25, I, I talked about the addition of Connor McLennan, and somebody said, hey, man, uh, this guy was drafted by the Flyers. Well, he was, uh, but he's 20. And someone said, is he a potential American League player? Well, he played in the AHL this year at the start of the year. Uh, he could be down the road. He's got a lot of skill. The Bears do, however, have a guy who is a former Washington Capitals draft choice that is leading the team in scoring. He's now 24, a six foot two, 195-pound winger uh, that played for Saskatoon and Vancouver in the WHL. He's leading the Alberta Golden Bears in scoring, and he was probably the best player amongst the university players when they played the World Junior guys. By the way, they pounded the World Juniors in the second game by a score of six to one. So as we go to Oilers Now Trivia. It is brought to you all season long by Pro-Am Sports. Fan cave and fan gear specialists for all budgets. All correct answers are entered to win uh, for the month of January. A Mark Messi 11 by 14 autographed and framed Oilers photo. Check out the proamsports.ca. Visit them at the store 12728 St. Albert Trail in Edmonton. Name the leading point getter on this year's Alberta Golden Bears squad, a draft choice of the Washington Capitals, and he hails from Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. James Don up next with a global news weather traffic update. Rob Brown, when we come back in orders now.